I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. Have you seen any good movies lately? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, actually. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I got I got nothing. I did an hour last night after the game, and I, that was it for you. I blacked out. I don't know what the <laughs> hell we talked about. No, I will honestly, people were like, Bill, I don't know how you do this. I was like, guys, I don't know how you do this, because right. I'm just reacting to the shit you say. I have very little. I don't. I, there's just so little explanation for this team, but we'll try to give it to you tonight. I have the foremost experts on Flyers Hockey with me tonight. Let's introduce them, starting with the fly-by-yourself, Kelly Hankel. I need everyone to know that I'm living my life now as a Mike McKenna fan. You know what? Why it's not? The, it's the defining part of my personality now. <laughs> Why not? I know. He's it's, amazing. He I'm seems, with him. Seems like a good guy. Yeah. He's fun. Can confirm that he does seem like a good dude. So Charlie confirmed that he is, in fact, both fun and funny, and I can't think of anything that the Flyers need more right now than yeah. fun. Not to mention, it doesn't seem like he's the greatest at stopping goals, so... Jack Hughes, here we come. Yeah, let's, I mean, it, the, the best the best way to keep the losing going, if that's the goal, is to put a goalie in who isn't that great at stopping the puck at an NHL level. And, I mean, if Mike McKenna gets good at it at age 35, that'd be really cool. And if he doesn't, yeah, well, better chance of getting <laughs> a top pick. at the pick. deadline to a contender. <laughs> nice guy, uh, tries hard, loves the game. That voice you just heard is TheAthletic.com's Charlie O'Connor. So I'm not saying this to be mean, because... Like it's very, very nice that he's getting another chance in the NHL after apparently being viewed as a quad A guy and he's getting regular playing time. But like why exactly is Phil Veroni still here? Like what exactly has he shown to make the team think that he should still be here? I just it's it's not that he's been actively bad. It's just I don't really see the point of this. Yeah, that's yeah. so many things uh like when I get into post game, my only question is just like what is the point of X? And this is just <laughs> one of those things. Like I, I have no problem with Phil Veroni. Again, yeah, maybe, do I. maybe he's a super nice guy. He was the AHL MVP next year. He's getting a shot that's cool. But don't we have a guy named Misha Vorobiev who kind of like fits into the future somewhere? Shouldn't we be finding out about him yeah. and what his role could potentially be? And I don't know. It's just one of those what is the point of this? Like I I get I got it to a degree. <laughs> When they called him up because he was playing very well in the AHL, and I like the idea of Fletcher saying, I want this to be a more of an obvious meritocracy. He was the, the best forward in the AHL, so we called him up. I like that. But he's played 13 games, and he has one goal. 
and he is a jack. Like, like he's just kind of there, he's and just a guy. I just don't know what purpose he's really serving. None. I just, I just don't know. I'm very curious to see how long this is going to continue. I just. Uh... There's so many guys who could just have that spot. Yeah, there's so that many I guys, would rather see. And there's so many guys you could just be Phil Veroni. I'm Again, I'm happy for him. Glad he's getting a shot. Good for you. Good for you personally. But in terms of what I want to see out of the rest of this year, it's one big tryout. Like, yeah, yeah the meritocracy thing was because uh, everyone goes, yo, how, all of our defensemen suck. How come we're never going to see TJ Brennan? And I'm just like, I don't know. They don't see him as an NHL player. That's all there is to it. And it's they have some of those guys, and AHL teams need those guys. Guys. Yeah. You need career AHL veterans to, yeah. to to compete because it can't just be a bunch of 20-year-olds. You get they, beat you by know, the other teams every night. They help the kids yeah, a bit there, develop. There is yeah. some of that, and that's fine. Maybe he's a great locker room guy. I don't know. I'm just like, hey, Misha Vorobiev was here. Why isn't he anymore? And we'll, we'll start out of order because uh, my, my hot take was just I was going to say Netflix must be paying the media so <laughs> So much money. <laughs> no, have you seen these stories about uh, don't do the bird box challenge? Gritty it's did it. So it's dangerous. They are just trying to drum up some interest in this terrible fucking movie they call Bird Box. It is so bad. <laughs> I can't believe this is your hot take. Uh, no, what, what am I going to have a hot take about this team that sucks? It's like, related because Gritty did Bird Box uh, at oh, the yeah. game the other day. Gritty so. did Bird Box. He okay. probably cashed a check straight <laughs> out of Sandra Bullock's goddamn checking account. Yeah. There is like, a fly. Connection here there, somewhere. Is, there is no reason that this is anything other than the media is being paid to portray this as. It's like when everyone said, oh, ban South Park shirts. I had no idea what South Park was until my elementary school banned South Park shirts, and then I didn't miss an episode yeah, for a like, decade. Yeah, like, I gotta watch this. Yeah, then I didn't miss an episode <laughs> for a decade. It's the exact same thing. Let's get back to the hockey. Oh, I um, guess we have to. So... Uh, th- this is where we'll start then. Why are they this bad? Like, why have they Great lost question. eight in a row? How come they're... I, goaltending, we'll start at goaltending. Goaltending has been a constant bad, except for some good Carter Hart performances. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I, not, what, 909? Yeah, I've percentage? been screaming about the goaltending being the biggest issue. And on the whole, this year, I do believe it's yeah. been the biggest issue. But these past eight... These past eight, like, not really. The pro- They haven't been able to score in a bunch score. of the games. And... Like, Hart's been good, with the exception of the Carolina game, when he obviously just didn't have it. But the goaltending has not been the problem in this in this stretch, or at least not... Maybe it hasn't been the solution, but I wouldn't put it as the top one or two biggest problems facing this team during this eight-game losing streak. I like these stats you have here. You see, you know, second-worst record in hockey, we know that. 15 points out of a playoff spot, that seems about right. Advanced stats sites have them between 2 and 5% chance of the playoffs. Yes! That's a that seems I'll take the under. Get uh, <laughs> in, baby. I like it is over here, and I just we were talking. I don't know if we'd started the live stream yet on Facebook, but the worst thing that could possibly happen to this team is an eight game winning streak. It would be horrible. Like, I, I, I'm I'm out of I'm out of horde asset mode. I'm out of the hextall plan mode. I think it was necessary. We've been over it. Blah blah blah. They had to do it. They're out of cap hell. I'm not in that mode anymore. However. You have thrown away the first half of this season to such an extent that it only makes sense to cash in on it and get a top five pick. So I don't disagree with you on the whole. I, I do believe that the, the best case scenario for this season is they come out of it with one of Jack Hughes or Kamikaka. Like it is. It's, just, it's undoubtedly Capo. the best case scenario. But 
the point I'll make, and this is something that I'm, I go into a little bit more depth about in an article that's going to be on The Athletic Philly tomorrow morning, so please subscribe if you don't already. Anyway. There you go. There we go. How to get that plug in. Um, <laughs> is that the one reason why it wouldn't necessarily be like livid if they go on a run is for this reason. For them to go on a run and win some games, like they're almost certainly not going to make the playoffs, but I'm talking, you know, they go on a run, they finish ninth worst, 10th worst in the league, and they don't get to have a chance at the top two picks. For them to go on a run, they pretty much would need a lot of the players that aren't playing that well now to start playing better. And I do think that's important. Like, it is, it is important for the Flyers' future, not for what it means for this year, but for what it means for the next three years that Ivan Provorov isn't this bad, that Shane Gossespierre isn't this bad, that Nolan Patrick isn't this bad, that Travis Konechny can turn all of his chances into goals. Like That's important for the team because if they just repeat the first half in the second half, you have to ask, like, right now it's just a bad couple months. Like, yeah, you can be concerned or whatever, but right now it's just a bad couple months, especially from the guys like Provorov and Gossespierre who you've seen it before. That's because but, that's the distinction. But... If they have another bad three months, then you start having to be get a little worried. Because that's the distinction to me is, like, you can look at it, this season's just a bad few months, but really, like, go back go back to the beginning of Hackstall's tenure. They needed the second half run to make the playoffs the yeah. first year. They missed the playoffs the second year. They need the second half run to make the playoffs last year. And then they start out like shit this year. The difference to me, the distinction is... You could pin those other seasons on a lot of different things. Goaltending, depth, all that shit. Now it's, hey, we had Provorov, and he was a big reason we were so good last year, and he's not. Gostaspare, and he's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nolan well, Patrick in the second half last year, yeah. not close. Sean Couturier, while he's having a fine year, it's okay, he's fine. It's not, it's not, not bad, but it's not the 70-plus point yeah, season yeah. it was last year. And now it's starting to... If some of those guys turn it around a little, yeah, I guess it would be encouraging. I just, nah. I mean, that's move on. That second Hackstall. <laughs> I've moved on. That second Hackstall season was a lot like this season because we talked about it a lot as being a lost season. We talked about the fact that we couldn't figure out why everyone on the team was underperforming, which is happening again this year. The first half of last year was a little bit like it, and then they turned it on. What like November kind of? Uh, what was the, it was yeah it was out of the December, coming out of the ten game. December fourth was yeah. the final game of the ten game losing streak. I think so. Like we've we've seen this before from yeah. almost this exact team. That so many people have been like uh, somehow all of a sudden are Dave Hackstall fans are oh, God, tell, oh my now they're worse. Way to go getting him fired. Guess like, it wasn't the coach. Yeah, first okay. of all, getting him fired. If you really think I have that kind of power, like <laughs> thank you, William. Uh, yeah, like come on, man. Uh, second of all. They had a 10-game losing streak just last year with that coach. Yeah. No, they're not worse. They're just playing worse later in the season. They're playing at the same level a month later. So that's actually a good segue because you know, the, the the question that was posed, was, that you posed in this outline was, why are they this bad? Yeah. And I actually want to go into my theory as to why they're this bad. And it does come down to the coach. And this is something I, I, I mentioned on Twitter today. I kind of hinted at in my article uh, on last night's game, on the on the Capitals game. I really think this all goes back to the way they handled the Hextall firing. And I believe that if if there was any chance they were going to fix this by also fo- like if they just decided Hextall had to go for whatever reason whether it was, you know, philosophical differences or whether it was because they just couldn't stand work with him, once they decided Ron Hextall had to go and he had to go when he did. 
the fact that they did not fire Hackstall with him, I believe, set up everything that's happened since with regards to what's happened in December and what's happening now. Because that was your chance. If you wanted to save this season, that was your opportunity to do it if you just cleaned house completely. Because then you could have thrown Gordon in. And he could because they didn't play many games after the Hexley. No, that was yeah. that was one of the that was one of the most awkward parts about it for the players because they had to answer questions every day about this turmoil because they weren't actually playing games. They were just practicing. And they were practicing with the lame duck coach who had just been turned into an interim. And I really believe that was the opportunity where you get a new coach in, the new coach shakes things up puts a new system into place, maybe gets this team to play with a little bit more pace, a little bit more aggressiveness, and then that's your that's your pivot point for the season. That's the point where everything turns. Instead, what happened? The players kind of responded for a little bit, I guess, and then within three weeks they were like, eh, this coach is, this coach is a lame duck, we're going to just stop playing for him. So then they had to fire the coach. But because, they, because when they fired the coach, it was right in the middle of another very busy stretch of games, the new guy was just like... You had that little boost because they wanted to impress the new guy, but then it just kind of fell back into well, we're still basically running Dave systems, yeah. Because There's Scott, no because because time. Scott had no chance to change anything except for little tweaks, and he's admitted that. Gordon has basically said, "I didn't want to overwhelm these guys without much practice time by ho- overhauling the system." So I just made a couple defensive zone tweaks and a couple neutral zone things, but nothing major. They're now just back in Dave Hacksaw mode, except with a different guy telling them stuff. And I think I think Gordon is a smart dude, but I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to get the like the ins and outs of how every single player on the team's brain works. 23 players plus in three weeks. It's just not going to happen. Well, that, that, they missed their opportunity to save yeah. the season, and now they're just reaping the, the, the whirlwind of going of doing a half measure with the, with the Hextall thing. And that's outside of Christmas when you're not allowed to practice. Yeah, yeah. Like just knowing the scheduling of this show has been hell since December. Like, yeah. I don't know when they would have time to practice. Like, if they really even wanted to implement shit, when would you do it? Yeah, and I do believe... And it's Gordon. Like, Gordon only... Is, yeah. He's only going to be... Do- He's only going to be able to do so much. Exactly. And he kind of knows the deal. Like, he ain't going to be the coach of this team next year. Yeah, yeah, he he gets it. But even if he wanted to, he couldn't. There's no time. They play every day. They play back-to-backs like three times. It's nonstop. They have three and four. This uh, week is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. The schedule couldn't be a worse setup for the situation they're in. Exactly. This this team just strikes me, and I mentioned this in my article uh, on a... What is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Is that this team just looks like they're waiting for some some type of reset? Like they're waiting for something. And obviously, you can't just fire the coach again. Obviously, you can't <laughs> fire the GM again. And you don't even really want to. But like, they're just waiting for something, and nothing is coming. Like they got another five games before the bye week hits, and I don't know if they're even capable of turning this around until the bye week hits. And if they lose four out of their next five, like then right now we're like, it's over, but I guess they're still having non-zero percent chance of making the playoffs. If they lose four out of the next five, it's legitimately over. That's Do they get to ten? I was going to say. They have the Stars say, and the I, Devils next, I, I think. I feel like. I just looked at it and forget. So uh, I mean, like, Stars Thursday. They can't score on Devils backup Saturday. goaltenders and AHL goaltenders. The goaltending in Dallas is legitimately good this season. Like, quite good. Um, both of them. And so if these guys can't score on, like, a dude making his NHL debut out of the AHL who you've never heard of. That was great. Yeah. That was really special. You're probably not going to score 
Um, well, well, you know what? One of the funny Monday for to be eleven. I want to beat the ten. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so one of the funny little tidbits uh, about uh, about Mike McKenna, who we obviously saw as you know a, a, a fantastic NHL goalie last night. You hey. know, you know who the one team he beat this year is? The Flyers. The Flyers. I knew. God bless the <laughs> Which team was he on? He them? was with Ottawa. Oh God! Oh Christ! <laughs> My God! I, we lost to the Senators with that guy in net. <laughs> it was, and I think God. it was after the. After the the Uber ride too, wasn't it? It was no, they, no, because they won the first time they played Ottawa. That yeah. was in the very beginning of the year like in that Ottawa, seven three or seven yeah. four game. But then they then they lost goals. four three. Yeah, uh, after like, Ottawa to, completely Ottawa. imploded, we that could was, not beat. That them. was the game right after the firing when the Flyers dominated the whole game, and then they gave up three goals in the third period. It was just like whoops. Oh, the Kachuk game, right? <laughs> yeah, we got killed. I like both of those Kachuks. They're good. Um, oh, gross. I know. I'm a fan. They're just yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so the kids we mentioned earlier, I was I was banging on Barovia. Baroviev, yeah, that's a name. Uh, uh, there you go. I love that guy. Yeah, Baroviev. Barovyev, uh, <laughs> N-A-K, Myers, and Friedman. I think those are the guys right at the top of the list. Yeah. And those are the those are the guys I keep yelling about. What is the point of them not being here? That's Do kinda... the Phantoms have to win too? Is it really no, just no. that? No. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's the. I'm, is that yeah. the thinking? Like, what is the thinking someone, of them not being? Someone here? was adding Charles today about like why isn't Chuck Fletcher making trades yet? And you were like, dude, slow down. He's probably trying to do some stuff. It just hasn't happened yet. What I don't understand is why he's not bringing up the kid. And I think that's fair. Yeah, like that. I don't need you to make a blockbuster trade right now, but I need you to bring me Phil Myers and show me what he can yeah, do at listen, the NHL again, level. Like much like Veroni, I have no problem with Christian Folin. I like, like him. Whatever. I like him better than Andrew McDonald. However, he serves no purpose. He's he serves not, no yeah. purpose here. He's not going to take us point? anywhere. Yeah. Just play Phil Myers. Well, he's on a one-year deal. He's, just, he's not yeah, going to be on the team. Exactly. Yeah. He's not going to be back. He's not particularly good. What's the point? Just play Phil fucking Myers. How much worse can he possibly be? Yeah, like, I don't care. How it's, much worse? If he knows how to put his skates on the right feet, this team isn't going to be worse. Nah. They fucking suck. Right, so the, the thing... They're in last place! They're not good. Second to last. Oh, yeah, oh, Ottawa doesn't count! <laughs> Ottawa's owner is being sued by the his partner. Like, the team purposefully got in an Uber, introduced themselves to the driver, and then went, <laughs> hey, I play for the Ottawa Senators, and here's what I feel about my whole coaching staff. <laughs> like, they're not a real team! Well... They have Thomas Chabot, that's about it. He's pretty cool. Yeah, Mark Stone, all, all yeah, the rumors really are good. Mark Stone is Gonna stay. Could you imagine? I'm Why gonna would jump you off stay? a building. He cannot. There's no way he's gonna stay, it, right? It, like he can't. Mostly because he's at the top of my wish list. Yeah. Well, like, that. And also, know, why go through that whole thing with getting yourself the one year contract yeah. if you don't want to escape from that hellhole? Yeah. Like I love Mark Stone as a player. I will respect but, him but, so but, little. But, but, no, that, that's the thing. Like in all honesty, if those rumors are true, that makes me want him less. Yeah. Be- because it's like, dude, if you actually want to stay there, yeah. I don't know if I want you on my team. That's oh, yeah. It's that stupid hockey I, player loyalty. When bullshit. I heard the Duchesne, screw it. There are thirds up for fire. When I, I heard the Duchesne talks had cooled, I was like, oh, good, another guy on my wish list. <laughs> like that was it. I, I just want, I just want to go and buy so much stuff. You want Matt Duchesne? Yeah. On this team, we need a center who can score. He's a center who can score. Can he though? Uh, he does. He's for them. pretty damn good. They see every team he goes to turns into a dumpster fire. You just hate him. They were a dumpster fire. They were already a dumpster fire before he got there. I mean, you can't blame that on him. Kelly and Steph both hate Duchesne because they had to hear him in trade yeah. rumors for I a year. I got tired of his bullshit. It's not his bullshit. <laughs> I know. The team could have just traded him. 
You know, they waited. Well, it worked. If Sackett yeah, got no. a great deal, now he's probably going to get sure the first did. overall no, pick it, it for was, him. It was an excellent trade. I mean, again, they're like Columbus losing the Carter trade twice. Oh, my like, God, yeah. They, it was a three-way trade, and both the other two teams won. And they're just, <laughs> just sitting so there amazing. like, yeah, we got, I don't remember, Brendan Dillon or something. So, so to uh, kind of go back to this, the, the bring the kids yeah. question up, the, uh, the, the argument you hear from people who don't want to bring them up, and I want to propose is not because I agree with them, but because it's worth discussing, is this idea that the Flyers are such a mess right now, and it's a toxic environment, you don't even want the kids with that team. And this ties into why some people want Hart to be sent back down, because it's this idea that they don't want any of these kids even being touched by this team. Well, this was actually a conversation that I've been having with myself for a little while. Like, would it be better to bring up the kids in the AHL and let them get NHL reps? Or would it be better to send whoever we can send down to the Phantoms and let them play on a team that's good and not a tire fire and is going to make a run in the playoffs? I have contemplated it because this team is so bad and they just seem to be... They just seem to be so lost. Like, they are a rudderless ship to the point that maybe it really is some sort of culture issue. But when I really think about it, it's the GM's job to identify what is causing that and make some changes if it is a culture issue with core piece. We don't need to have the core yeah. piece argument again. We've had it. We'll be having it all summer, I'm sure. We don't. I'm just saying it's the GM's job to identify if that is the case and make the changes. And it is the next coach's job to say, hey, throw all that old shit away. This is a new culture. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I need the players who I think factor into the future to be good. Yeah. And for them to be good they have to do it here yeah and that means we can't loan them to the sharks and say hey give give my guys 12 minutes with your team and send them back to me at the end of the season so they just have to deal with whatever shit is going on in that locker room and on that bench and whatever the problem is and i don't even know if it i don't know but they just have to do it here and deal with it there's no no it isn't a perfect situation it's not if it was, we wouldn't be saying let's bring them all up because yeah. they'd be winning a bunch of games. Yeah. So, but like yeah. now's your opportunity. Seize your opportunity, kids. Yeah, like I mean, I'm just obsessed with Phil Myers, so I'm gonna stick with Same. Him. Um, like you need Phil Myers to get used to playing at NHL speed. Like he just has to. Yeah. If he's going to be effective on this team, so why not just let him get there now when it doesn't matter if he fucks it up? Yeah. Doesn't matter at all yeah. if he fucks up. So no! let him yeah. just cut up here, get it all out of the way. It and would, then we can do something with him. It would be a different story for me if if the Flyers were getting crushed from a, a puck possession and shot differential and chance differential standpoint every single game, and it looked like the team had just given up on the system. That would be a different story because then I'd say I don't want these guys coming up in a structureless team. The Flyers are still doing pretty well in terms of their overarching systems. They just can't. They can't pull it all together in terms of results. But the structure isn't awful, and that's why I don't worry about this toxic environment idea. Like they're still out, generally out shooting and out chancing the other yeah. teams. If they were getting crushed, like if they were losing five nothing every game and getting outshot fifty to twenty five, then I would say no, I don't want anybody with this team. They outshot the Caps forty to twenty four last night, and I don't believe it. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, I will say. Game. I watched the game. I don't know when they got these 40 shots. Yeah, because it was it was a, a snooze fest. That's But I will, to Charlie's point, Brian Boucher, the way he said it was funny last night, but made a similar point on the broadcast. Like, And it was before it was just over. Yeah. And the, when it was actually like a, tight, a, a competitive, the way the game was being played was competitive. And Boucher just goes, if not for execution, and that made me laugh. Because <laughs> I'm like, if they were just doing good instead of bad. Yeah. But like, be a great it team. was like, ah, they're almost doing stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Because that, that foundation is still there yeah. and it's still in place, I'm okay with calling the kids up. If that starts falling apart, and to be totally honest with you, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it starts falling apart at some point. Oh, no. Because it's probably going to happen. Yeah, because there's only so long that human beings can watch failure and be part of failure before they just start thinking all this shit they're telling me to do is bullshit and i don't don't care how strong your culture is at some point that's that might happen if this team keeps losing like that's what happens when you go on a 10 game losing streak. guys just start thinking maybe all this stuff that i think is smart is actually dumb and not to reference the senators again but you see it become a self-fulfilling prophecy when the players are going we have no faith in this guy yeah. and he's yeah. telling us to do something and it keeps failing yeah. like you can make a very similar case because when they're sitting there they're like oh, only the flyers are worse <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> still the best that's still the best part of that video I love but it like so you much. can see hey if these guys are saying this <clears throat> our players are probably saying similar shit because yeah. it's been this way for years now like it becomes that yeah well, we've been doing the same thing. We know it's not going to work, and they keep telling us to do it. So obviously, it failed because I'm not going to try all that hard because it's going to fail regardless. Exactly. the The other reason why I I'm totally in favor of bringing up the kids is this. To me, the 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 whole point of this second half to me is now it's a it's a fact finding mission. It's information yeah. Yep. gathering. Yeah. And you need. Like you've got nine defensemen, if if you're including Mark Freeman in this in this group, you've got nine defensemen that are either under contract or going to be under contract because Travis Sanheim is going to be an RFA. Yeah. But like they're keeping him; he's not going anywhere. One would hope. Um, we'll see. So <laughs> you got nine defensemen for seven spots next year. You need to make some decisions on who those seven guys are going to be. And hell, maybe you're going to want to go out and sign somebody. So then that that that's ten guys for seven spots. You need to figure out if Phil Myers is ready for the NHL for next year. And the easiest way to do that is to try him out in the NHL this year and if he shows that he's ready, you can say, okay, I'm writing Phil Myers in my starting lineup for 2019-20 in ink. If he kind of doesn't look that great, well, he's got one more year where he's waiver exempt, so you can send him back down, and that's fine. Whatever. Do what you gotta do. But until you actually find out what he is, you're not gonna know whether you should save a spot for him. And if you don't know whether you should save a spot for him, then that messes with everything you're planning about what you're gonna do in this pivotal offseason. And the same thing goes for Nick Albe Kubel. Nick Albe Kubel, I think he's ready. But if he come, if you if you bring him up now and give him three months playing the Dale Weiss role, and he kind of sucks, then maybe you don't totally rule out the idea of throwing a one-year offer to Michael Roffel. Because you say, well, Obey-Cabell's not ready. We need some useful bottom sixers. Let's bring back the guy who we know is a useful bottom sixer for another year. Like Those are the kind of decisions you can only make if you know what these young guys are right now. If the Flyers re-sign Michael Roffel, I will not go on Twitter.com for a week. 
<laughs> I just, I can't. I can't deal with it. There's too many people who hate him too much. I'm just saying. No, I know. I, I'm just. I mean. No, Kelly, it's not sensical. I just, people are so mad. They're mad at guys like Michael Roffle, who, again, on a good team is fine. On a, yeah. Like, yeah, on this, it's not on this his, team, he's pointless. It's not his fault no. that he's playing second line minutes because they only have five top six I players. I don't think I've ever had a strong emotion about Michael Roffle. No, I don't way. have any strong emotions about Michael Roffle other than there. people who like have have people who have strong emotions about him. I'm yeah. like, how are you mad at him? Yeah. Of everyone of on this team, people. Like, yeah. people at least have strong emotions about Claude Drew. I'm like, all right, you're wrong if you hate him. But, I but at least he's why. a guy who plays all the time. Yeah. There's a reason to be mad at him. Yeah. He's got to see on his chest. But like, <laughs> yeah. Michael like, Raffle. Like, like everything that everything that happens over the next three months, it has to be all about what we're going to do in the summer and in September. And if you're not giving guys like Phil Myers and Nikobe Kubel and Mikhail Vorobiev and and maybe even Mark Freeman, if you're not eventually giving them an extended stretch to show whether they're ready or not for next September, then you're putting yourself into a position where you're going to be making decisions in June based on how you want the roster to be structured Basically, with a blindfold. It's a guess. Yeah, it's a bird box yeah. yeah, you just don't know. Like you, there you go. And we, we tie, tie it all, all back together. Up. You are a professional. But no, you just don't know. And this is the perfect time to find out. Like you're not going to know for sure because maybe that maybe Meyer struggles and then you know has an amazing summer and comes in September and looks awesome. But at least you know that you're not depending on him to be in the roster. Whereas if he comes up in in early February and for two months just kills it, and it's like, all right, well, he's our number four defenseman. Now we don't necessarily yeah. need to go out and sign one. Let's and, not forget about Sam Moran. And Sam Moran. Oh, God. Sam, Could we no, 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 no. But, but, Steph's not here. Could we just forget but he's about guy. Sam fucking Moran? No. I've had enough of him. But we've seen none of him. No, That's I, too I much for me already. I want to see him. I he, was a third, he was a first-round pick in 2013. He's played three games. We need to know. Big reach. <laughs> I, I, love, I need to know. I love how when so when Steph isn't here, Kelly goes all in on the Sam Moran hate. I hate and when, him. And when Kelly's not here, Steph goes all in on the Brian Elliott hate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh my God. It's like this these, is these how the, you can tell us apart. These are the things they hold back on for basically how come because this girl they, they changes her stance. They respect the feelings of the other, but when the other one's not there, it's yeah. like now I can really say what I feel about Super this asshole. Yeah, but I, what I, I was gonna say to you is like Chaz has to know that this season is done, right? So I would what think so. is the I point? Super of, hope so. Like, if we're going to lose anyway, like we've said a thousand times, I'd rather watch them lose with the kids up here. I get the idea of making the kids earn it. Like, I, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't want them to just, like, call up everyone wholesale because that just that just sends the wrong message. But it's hard to argue that Phil Myers what does about not the NHL? What about the NHL guys earning it? Who on this roster deserves their spot? So, Drew, Drew. Drew, Lawton, uh, no one else. Mike McKenna, in my like, opinion. Rekko Gudis has been good. Yeah, yeah Rekko has fine, been good, but I want to get something for him because I like him and he deserves to go beat someone up in the playoffs. Oh my God, the ultimate playoff player. Playoff beard Radko? Oh, oh, think of what he could look like in a, in a Western Conference final. He'd be like that old Oilers team, the Jason Smith, Chris right. Pronger Oilers team. Oh, I love that. Trade team. him to San Jose. Yeah, do it. They could use some beer triumvirate out there. Did you watch them against Edmonton last night? San Jose. Yeah, were they really good. Oh, oh my god, god. I, was, I was writing. So just... Edmonton is just shitting all Holy over. Holy fuck! They had that little Ken Hitchcock. Oh, yeah, a little bit. And now it's just Phew. you see them against a super. And San Jose is actually being San Jose. I'm, yeah. I realize we're devolving. We're ice sporting again, but whatever. Right now, Who but cares? Like, what do you really want yeah, to hear about? Nobody this cares. Team? Uh, like San Jose is becoming the San Jose we thought they would be when they got Eric Carlson. Uh, so Wayne Simmons, the. Con- 
constant topic on this show for what seems like Ten three years, years now. Uh, uh, only three, yeah. Well, yeah, it's he's his contract has been up in the air. Not he's been under contract, but we've seen this day coming. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. there will be a day when pencil in for thirty goals. Wayne Simmons is up for a contract extension as he is right now, and as time keeps moving. It's very obvious he won't be back. So the report, the reports are starting to come out, which that hints that there's movement. Like movement is beginning. So Pierre LeBrun uh, reported, I believe it was today. Uh, this is this is a quote from his recent article. New Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher and the agent for Simmons, Eustace King, have had regular communication of late. My sense is that King will soon put a bit of heat on Fletcher to make a decision on this front. Expect another conversation between both sides before the end of the week. My read on that is that this came directly from Eustace King, who yeah, was trying guess. to put pressure on yeah. Fletcher to make a decision on this. That would be... Um, then Darren Drager, uh, also at the same time, so stuff's coming out about Simmons. Things are starting to get moving. The Flyers haven't made a decision yet on the direction they want to go with Simmons. They they know he's a big part of the culture in Philadelphia and has been for a long time, but also that he's a highly valued commodity. So yeah, I mean, to me, I get that. To my read of this is that this is the agent basically yeah. saying shit or get off the pot through the Flyers, yeah, because he's sick of waiting on Fletcher, who's kind of you know dragging his feet a little bit on this. He's got to be traded, right? He's got the partial like, yeah, no trade. What, it's a 10 team? 10, 12 10, team, 12, something like that. Some sort of partial no trade. Uh, when I think it was right after Christmas when they went out west and Fletcher made the trip and it came, oh, they're going to reopen talks with Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got to believe part of those talks were, where's what's that, your uh, list? What's yeah. this, you got that list ready to go? Or? Well, he, you give, I believe the way contracts work is you provide your list at the end of the like the beginning of the previous the end of the previous league year because oh, yeah, there was that was whole that thing, thing yeah. with, what was it Berglund yeah Michael Mike Berglund and, or and Pat Patrick Berg, Pat Patrick Berglund he and, got sent to Buffalo and to Buffalo he yeah he didn't get his because list his in agent time didn't put something. his list in, in time yeah. yeah so I would assume Simmons has already given his list but of course. If you're gonna tra- if you want to trade Simmons to a team that's on that list, like he could always waive it. Yeah, there could be a team on that list that's in the playoffs that he, you know, didn't, yeah. you didn't think would be, and so he'll go because it's only for this year. Yeah, you just so. have to ask him. Yeah, you just have to ask, and he goes yes or no. Um, I here's I love again. I I have to preface because when you talk about a player like a commodity, like we've gotten to know and love Wayne Simmons over these years and I do believe him to be a great leader and all that but if he's a big part of this culture and the team has sucked yeah well that's the thing like shrug emoji I know we're on an audio format here so when I just put my palms up (laughs) it doesn't exactly translate so I mean like that's the thing like if if he's the guy that's supposed to pull everybody out of this funk and that's not happening and that's his value to the team on a large scale level. Like, mm. I mean, it's the same with Andrew McDonald. Like if he's a locker room guy, the locker room's fucked. So yeah. get rid of that. <laughs> Why? I just, I don't, cause Wayne Simmons at least like does stuff. Does yeah. like, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, not the best year, but as Charlie said, before we started the show, like 13 goals, like he's going to score 20. Yeah. Yeah, he'll probably finish somewhere in like the 25 to 30 range, which um, is about what you expect what from Wayne gets. Simmons. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He at least has also all nice value. If Andrew McDonald's whole value is intangible, why isn't he just the coach? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, we need this guy who's this great. Yo, no, he's terrible on the ice. But he's this guy who provides all this other value. Then make him the guy. Everybody coach. likes him. Well, make think, him the coach. I think they, with McDonald, they do believe he provides more value than we do. But of then they, they are do. a bad organization well, and are never going to win. Yeah, but see, I know you say that, but like. <laughs> I think that opinion is shared by most other organizations in the NHL. And that's why three teams have won the last 10 Cups. You're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) 
back to Simmons, though. Back to Simmons. So the, the point I'll make about Wayne Simmons is this. Of course, one of those teams just gave Jack Johnson a bunch of money, so. Yeah, fair this point. This league yeah. is so dumb. Fair point. The moment it was signed. Um, I'm of the opinion with Wayne Simmons that, like, I know the general consensus, I think, for Philadelphia fans at this point is that basically the Simmons is cooked. And, like, I'm not it, of that it, opinion. It, it's a classic. It, it's basically like going back to the the Dark Knight quote. You know, you you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Wayne Simmons has kind of become the villain, sadly, after being a fan favorite for years, which really sucks. I don't think Wayne Simmons is cooked. I think a lot of his underwhelming performance, particularly by the eye test, is due to the fact that he's still not fully recovered from the surgery and it was ridiculous to think that he was going to be... It was ridiculous to think that he wasn't going to have the same trajectory as guys like Drew and Gossett yeah. after they yeah. had a similar surgery. So I, I believe... I actually believe that on his next contract, the first year or two, he's going to be good. Yeah. I think he's going to be a lot better in those first two years than he has been over the last two years. I think he's... I think he still has a fair amount left in the tank. However, I don't believe that the contract that you're going to have to sign him to is going to work out on the whole. Like, you're probably going to have to sign him to a five, six-year deal, and I think the last three, four years of that deal are going to be ugly. And that's always been my opinion of Wayne Simmons. So this run really doesn't change much about the way I view the the logic of re-signing Wayne Simmons. It always has been, I think the first couple years are going to be okay, and I think the rest is going to be a disaster. And I still believe that, which is why, like, stripping away the noise of how much he's failed the eye test this year, I do believe that even if that's not the real Wayne Simmons, it's still not smart to resign yeah, Wayne no, Simmons. Yeah, no, I think all of a sudden, one, it could go from everyone, th- oh, he's going to get overpaid because of the stupid intangible stuff, to now, even if it's not a bargain, like... I think a team, as the Flyers were willing to do with JVR, will be willing to trade AAV for term. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. give you we'll give you a seven average for a five year deal rather than a seven year deal with a five average. Like, I think they'd rather just do that. And for the first two three years, like you said, yeah, he'll get his twenty five thirty, yeah, and you're yeah. giving him seven mil, and it's not the worst thing. And in I the think world. he'll look a lot better yeah. doing it than he has this year. Yeah, I am of the belief that while I think he's having just a dreadful year. Um, He's hurt, and he'll be pretty good next year. Yeah, but again, I don't want to be the team that pays him. Exactly, I, exactly. I love the guy. He's a warrior. Absolute everything I could ask out of a hockey player. What a hell of a return on a trade that broke my heart at the time uh, yeah. with Mike Richards. But um, yeah, it's time. Go get paid, Wayne. It's yeah, just go, that, get, go finish. Go win a cup this year. Yeah. I don't give a shit. That'd be cool. I'd love I, 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 I root that, for the yeah. team that trades for Wayne Simmons. Yeah. And well, then, I mean, depending on who it is, but yeah, pro- well, probably. They're not going to trade him to Pittsburgh. Um, and <laughs> well, then, if they trade him to Toronto, I'm still not rooting for Toronto. Oh, oh come on, Charlie. <laughs> That's right. You hate Toronto. Get on board. How do you, how do you hate a team know, that's been so bad for so long? I hate their fans. But they're so fun to watch. They, like, I guess, yeah, online you encounter On the them. line, they're everywhere. Just, but I like Jeffler. I think he's fine. Yeah. He's like the only. <laughs> he's like the only Toronto fan I run into. I follow a bunch of the Pension Plan puppets guys, and mostly oh, yeah. what I get out of them is Ontario provincial politics. That's about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about someone Charlie mentioned a while back, and his name is Nolan Patrick. Ah, yes. Oh boy, um, Nolan. Wow, guys. Remember him? He's a, and now I can't even, I would say since they've put him, since they've put the Limblom Patrick Voracek line back together, um, two thirds of that line has looked pretty good. And the center is um, just nowhere to be yeah, found. Charlie, I need you to tell me. 
what is happening with Nolan? Tate. I really don't know. I, I really is he not good? I I don't think is he, it possible? I don't think he's bad, but okay. I don't know what the heck is actually up with him because, like, I know what I saw in the second half of last year, and that guy that was not fluky. That was a guy actually playing. That's well. a guy making plays. Yeah, and I don't know where that guy is gone, but he sure as hell not the guy we're watching on a nightly basis right now. JVR like, I am not by any means ready to call the guy a no. bust because that's a stupid it's just like that's not how players develop. Some yeah. guys take longer than others, some guys are good right away. All sorts of shit can happen. And we were told going into that draft, yo, if you're looking for if you're looking for McDavid Eichel at the top, it's not, not happening. Yeah. So that's not who he sure and uh and Patrick are. I'll accept it. However, um I feel like I've done the however nine times. To today. be fair. Yeah, to be fair. Um, <laughs> what is the to be fair? It's thing? from Letterkenny. It's from Letterkenny. Oh, so that. Oh, that's why. Okay. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, why that started with Kelly, like throwing that in. Now I understand. It's Are one you of these like, stupid Canadian I'm into, shows. Like, I'm into like season. Who likes it too? Yeah, I love it. It's out. It's outstanding. So funny. I'm into season four or five now, and it's even better. It's so. Cool. Um. Yeah, but Patrick is just looking. I. Uh, I don't hear his name. I'll watch a 60-minute yeah, game yeah. and never once. Yeah. He's he's Dale Weiss from two years ago. I never heard his name. Uh, and he, you look and go, oh, he played 14 minutes. When? When was I just, I'm worried. There's nothing you can do. You have to ride it out. It's a second overall pick that fell into your lap. Unless someone's yeah. like, hey, here's this good player for this guy who might be good. Um, y- You just have to ride it out. But. I, Man, he's given them less than nothing at this point. I think that the biggest problem with the Nolan Patrick situation is that I think that both us as fans and the organization assumed that winning that lottery was going to push the team forward. Absolutely. In like a way that was measurable. And he's just not that good yet. And maybe he will be. But I think that we expected that push the timeline up. Because yeah, we got fair. him. It's fair. And it absolutely has not done that. And that, I mean, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he was injured when we got him. And he had to recover from that last year. And he's, you know, a young... I, I know, realize I wanted him to be better, but he's not yet. I realize he's missed some time, but he hasn't yeah. scored a goal since November 10th. Not great. And so let's see. Does he have any points in this frame? He has two points in his last 22 games. Oh, buddy. Like, literally... Anybody who's ever been close could to the league could put up those numbers. Dale Weiss is making breakaways. So, yeah. like, I, I yeah. give me something. Yeah, Dale Weiss is it's, actually doing should, stuff. So, my question about Nolan Patrick is, should they send him down? You know, when I saw that in the timeline, my gut reaction was like, no, that's stupid. But is it? I, w- I wouldn't. Okay. But I... I I think it's worth a discussion. I understand. Even if, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to go a couple of months ago to go on, fuck no. But now it's worth a talk. Because he would crush down there. Would he? That's Maybe. I hope one so. Of the well, reasons, that's the thing so. you got One it. of the reasons I don't want to send him down is what if he doesn't? Yeah, that's true. And yeah. that's just fear. That would be terrifying yeah. if he I, doesn't I, crush. The, the fascinating thing about Nolan Patrick, like the person and the player for me, is this. You talk to this guy, and he gives off the vibe of like, confidence to the point of cocky 
Like mm. he really, really? He, I know that is he, surprising. He really gives off the vibe that like I know what the fuck I'm doing and I'm the shit. And like I like that. About I would him. love to see that I, on the ice. I like yeah, right. that about him that he he seems like he's got his shit together and he's like I'm good and I'm going to go out there and be good. And even when I'm not good, even when I'm not playing well, I believe I'm going to start playing well soon. It's fascinating to me how different he looks on the ice versus the way he talks. Because yeah, because that's not... He does not mm-hmm. look like a confident player at all. And that, to me, like in my head, that's kind of the narrative I've built up is that he just doesn't have confidence. Because that was what struck me so much about his play in the second half was how confident he looked. You know, he's not... He's not an amazing skater, but I think back to that that breakaway he created for himself in the Pittsburgh game, where he just he blasted by Oli Mata like he was standing still, and it wasn't because Nolan Patrick is this speed demon. It was because Nolan Patrick was playing a decisive game where he was moving in a straight line, and when you're moving in a straight line and you're confident in the routes you're taking, you can blast by defensemen who get flat footed. And I was seeing that guy so much in the second half last year, and aside from like a little period in late October and early. November this year when they run that road trip and just after the road trip I haven't seen that guy and I, I I have to think it's a confidence issue but it just doesn't it doesn't fit with the persona that he that he presents publicly so like even, I, it's, just, it's just weird to me it's so all weird to me like in the midst of this two I, uh, points in well, 22 well, games to, to be fair I haven't talked to him in the last couple okay. of weeks so maybe he's got a different vibe now but I'm even talking like last year like mm. last year when he was struggling yeah. he's still seemed like a really confident dude. Huh. And it's just it's just it's weird to me that that there's that disconnect between the way he presents himself publicly and the way that he plays yeah. because right now he does not look like a player with confidence. So right now, would you go let him go down, let him find his game, gain some confidence or do you want him to just stay up here, take the beating and figure it out? So we could let him stay here, take the beating and then send him down in time to make the AHL playoff cut off and then he could play the playoffs at the Phantoms. That's right? true. Okay. Yeah, they that could do that. Thing. I mean that yeah, they as long oh, as, as long as they send him down the, before the uh, flyers won't be busy. Before I, the, I, don't know. Uh, I think the, all the deadline then call him back up. Yeah. All yeah. the waiver exempt guys should be playing in the playoffs for the I Phantoms. I think they probably Ain't will nobody paper, earned a day off. Yeah, they're gonna paper transaction all those guys just so they have them available, I would imagine, for the AHL playoffs because why not? Yeah, yeah, one would think I I still I feel more comfortable keeping them up just because I want him to work through this up here maybe, you know, it's funny, maybe I would be more, it's weird, maybe I would be more willing to send him down if Gordon was still there, because I feel like Gordon is pretty good with these kind of situations, but now that Gordon's up here, I almost would rather Gordon just be the guy who's communicating to Nolan Patrick. Like, I definitely get the vibe of my conversations with, with Gordon that Scott Gordon has made it a top priority of his to fix Nolan Patrick. Like, hmm. when, when, they, hmm. when they moved... Claude Giroux back to center when Gordon, you know, I think Giroux had been at center the last couple games of Haxel's tenure, but then, but then Gordon kept him there and he kept him there for a good long while. And I believe, I think it was, it was after a practice. I think it was Dave Isaac who asked the question, but I I was planning to ask the question. Dave just got to it first, basically like, you know, what's the thought process behind keeping Giroux at center? Obviously he's had this long-term success at wing and Gordon didn't answer it by really even mentioning Giroux. He immediately pivoted to, well, I'm doing it because I want Nolan Patrick to have easier shifts 
as third-line center rather than being the second-line center and having to face off against top pairs and top six forwards every night. Like, that Giroux decision, at least based on what he said, was not driven by anything to do with Claude Giroux. It was entirely about Nolan Patrick. And the fact that a week into his tenure, he was still just thinking about how do I fix Nolan Patrick leads me to believe that he's placing a lot of emphasis upon figuring out what the heck is wrong with Nolan Patrick and getting more out of him. And I like the idea of him being around a coach who's kind of done that for other players. Yeah. Like he did that for Travis Sanheim a couple, Scott Lawton. A couple times. Scott Lawton. Yeah. I like the idea of Gordon being around Patrick. I think okay. it's a good match. All right. Uh, yeah, just the Patrick thing is... It's, the, it's, it's concerning. The it's team, very concerning. What did I, like when I said why I want Duchesne, because we need a center who can score. Like, you brought in JVR... You can't have JVR is a nice little goal scorer. He'll get you your thirty, you know, your twenty-five, thirty, whatever. He'll replace that Wayne Simmons production. But you need the center who does all the hockeying before you get to the offensive zone. Yeah. yeah, he buries the goals. He does that, and he does it pretty well. But you need to get there. And the hope was, from what I can tell. Nolan Patrick will be yeah. the guy who does that. You put him in Voracek. You have oh look JVR thirty goal scorer taking that Limblom spot. Boom, we'll be good. We'll have a great top six. And Nolan Patrick didn't turn out, and I think that's really affecting like I the JVR thing. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not but it him. is when you look at it and go, hey, we're paying this guy seven million bucks to do what? Like yeah. I, I have, if you look at his last like uh, fifteen, seventeen games or something, he's on a decent goal scoring pace. Um, but you just need more out of him. Well, they weren't giving him enough power. No, play time. he needs to be on the power yeah. play first. Of, like, well, that's, the top unit. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess is the second unit really. No, they're no, not on the power exist. play. You, yeah, it's, they, it's not even a power play. They got play. their <laughs> first goal. They got their first goal without one of I think Drew Couturier or Voracek on the ice like yeah. a game ago. That's it's not a power play unit. That's no. not doing anything. He needs to be out on the first power play unit but at five on five he's not going to score with a center who does nothing yeah you, you need, even if it's third line minutes he scored he played 14 minutes a game last year scored 36 goals and, and the funny thing is, is it's not he doesn't even need a great center no like, just like, one who like can last year his center was tyler bozak tyler, Bo- tyler bozak is a is a nice player he's nothing amazing and he he's was doing a, terribly in yeah like he was able to be a 30 plus goal scorer with tyler bozak as his primary center like if Nolan Patrick was just Toronto Tyler Bozak, that would be fine for now. Jesus. But he's not even this, that. These are the bars we My set God, now. God, we're talking about that as the bar. But we seriously. just need Toronto oh, no, Tyler yeah. Bozak. I agree 100%. That's the that's what's horrifying. <laughs> so like just to to jump off book a little bit here cuz you talked about Jake Forchek. You think they're going to trade him? I think it's a distinct possibility. My gut is no. Yeah. Okay. But I think do you want I, them to? I definitely. I mean, I know Bill does. Yeah, I would really. I don't want them to. Uh, I would. He would get you stuff. Yeah, I want other players who are good, and I think he's how you do that. I would really like it if they figure out a way to do this with Jake Voracek because I st- I still really like Jake Voracek as a player, but I will acknowledge that I'm concerned. That this is a guy who, through the entirety of his 20s, was an awesome player by advanced stats, Mm -hmm. and over the last two years has went from last year just being okay, and this year being downright bad. That is worrying. Yeah. And I think that one thing that Chuck Fletcher has to really take a hard look at over these next couple months, again, goes back to my point about the next couple months being information gathering, being a a fact-gathering mission for Chuck Fletcher. He needs to take a good hard look at Jake Voracek and be like, is this just... 
Voracek isn't responding well to the turmoil in the organization and he'll bounce back next year and this is just one of those down Voracek years or is this hey Jake Voracek turns 30 in August and like shit's gonna go bad real quick and we need to get out from under this contract now before it gets really ugly like that's the kind that's the kind of question that he has to ask himself and he has to be very very attentive to what Jake Voracek is right now because I want to see them make this work with Voracek but we're, it's the same conversation we had about Giroud two years ago. Like the agent curve, no one beats the agent curve, and he's now at that point where this happens to people. And if you can, he's got five years left on the contract. Like That's if this is if this is getting bad, get out of it now while he's at least still racking up the points. That's I always thought Voracek would be a guy who would age well because of his size, because of his hands, because of the way he could adapt his game. He doesn't appear to be doing that. He sure doesn't. I think really back doesn't. to that like Rangers series. What it was that 2014? The Rangers series. I think so. Yeah. And the, the, the first Baruby. Just yeah. The, talking about yeah, because yeah, after the lockout, then Baruby came in. Yeah. So 2014. Um, like talking about how we were going to skate with the Rangers, and it was like, oh, they're so much faster than us. The only guy who can really go with them is Voracek, and he's not a slow skater by any means now, but. I don't see that guy. He still does other things well, and that's the reason I get so frustrated. It's not that I don't like Jake Voracek, Charlie. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's great. Well, there are a lot of people My, that really don't like no, Jake there Voracek. Are, no, there are people, <laughs> no, there are people who like think he stinks, but it's a lot of like the Bobby Abreu empty numbers argument that Fair, you'll right. just yeah. reject no matter what because right. numbers are numbers. And I mean, they, that's, I, I, will, I, will, I will reject that. No. Because that's me. <laughs> no, I know. That is me. <laughs> I know. I, I understand. And we don't even, it's, you know, it's yeah. whatever. But uh, numbers are numbers. Um I just, what frustrates me about Jake is that I think he could be as good or better than Giroux, but he just, man, why aren't you there? Like, I don't know. There was there were years where he yeah. scored neck and neck with Giroux. Yeah. And even last year, Giroux had the phenomenal year and he had the great year, but I don't know. I just feel like there's another level to his game that when he taps it, you go, Pfft. I mean, there's yeah, there's definitely star. there's definitely another level to his game than what he's shown this year. This year, that, that, that's an yes. objective fact. I just, I <laughs> overall to me, there's this superstar level that he could maybe not elite player, but man, he's right there, and it's just not there all the time. He's yeah. really nice second line scorer. Like that's where he is, and I think he could be more, and that's what frustrates me personally. So since I know Chaz is listening, <laughs> I think he just needs a change of scenery. And you know who else needs a change of scenery? Tyler Sagan. No. Dougie Hamilton? No. Vladimir Tarasenko? Yep. There oh, we go. Yeah, yeah. There it is. I nice one-for-one one hockey train. All right. All right. I, Change I, the scenery. The is one-for-one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I love Jake Voracek yeah. as a player. I love Vladimir Tarasenko more as a no, player. No, everybody <laughs> does, Charlie. I feel like Tarasenko is the one guy you'd get Charlie on board with. Yeah. I got there's it. A, there's a plethora of players on my list. Fucking nailed it. Uh, many of them defensemen. Yeah. Um... What about Dougie? You have Dougie written down Teach here. me how to Dougie, Chucky, too, Trey. How is he back in trade? <laughs> what is wrong with him? <laughs> so, like, I thought the museum thing was just people being a dick to Dougie Hamilton, but maybe Dougie Hamilton is a dick. I think Carolina just stinks and they want something for this guy. I mean, maybe. But, but they but just drew it for him. Yeah, and they stink still. But he's good. Right? Yeah, but they want to get... numbers are good. They want to get something for team. a guy... That just, team doesn't make It's sense. Carolina. It's Carolina. Was this like a... Like, the, the, from the, the Chinatown line. <laughs> <laughs> don't, 
don't don't worry, Bill. It's it's it's, it's Carolina. Yeah, man. Like, who? There probably are no museums in Carolina. I'm, there's got to be one. I think like Raleigh's like a nice city, right? I don't know. I've there's never like been a, There's probably like a wooden ship I've museum. I've been to the Outer Banks. <laughs> I'm sure there's some war museums there and stuff, right? Yeah, probably. there's probably like some Confederate flags, and he's not into that. He's so probably not. Bring him up. Bring him up north. He needs to be up north. We got museums, baby. Above the Mason-Dixon, barely. Purely yeah. as a player, Dougie Hamilton is awesome. So yeah. purely as a player, I would love him on my team. There's got to be something wrong with well, him, though, right? I just, I, it's so something, weird because I don't think something, something up. I don't think there's anything wrong with him as a person, but there might be something that just like as a teammate makes it hard for other hockey men to connect with. The him. introverted nerd, I think, just can't exist in a hockey locker yeah, room. Yeah, like it's just and and I feel bad for the guy because mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong for, with that dude. We know. Do we know that for a fact that he's like an introverted nerd? That seemed to be what was coming out of Calgary that like he didn't want to party, he didn't want to hang <laughs> out with everybody, he well, just. Wanted well, the, to go to museum. Yeah, well, the, like, the museum quote was basically that like they were all going out at the bar and he was going to museums, right? That was the, something like that. that was yeah. that which was it was so ridiculous. It was basically like it might as well have been a parody of hockey men. I mean, like, but, I would rather go to a museum than go out partying with a bunch of bros. It sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> I don't I get know. It. If you were in it though, <laughs> like if you were one of the bros, those bros are always having a great time. That's true. They're annoying as shit to everyone around them. Yeah, <laughs> but there's yeah. no arguing that because I know I have some friends who are bros, and when I go out with them, it's fun. I don't want to do it regularly, <laughs> but when I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, we'll go out, and like we're at the OD. It's a lot of fun. fun. <laughs> like, all right, here's your matching penny back. I'll see you next year. But, like, I had fun when I was doing it. And there's, like, some of them who listen, but they know the deal. <laughs> <laughs> they know it's not me. Uh, I want, oh, I would, I can't figure, there's got to be something. Like, less than a year, you're ready to move on from him. There's something. There's got to be know. something. I don't know. Uh, so, all right, how much time? We have five minutes. Let's talk about, well, first. Bird box? No. No. Okay. Um, back to bird box. <laughs> back to bird box. It's terrible. Uh, no, Kelly, I'm not trying to tell you not to watch it. But I'm going to watch have, it on an airplane. If you have other options. Um, I also downloaded that show where somebody, like, tidies up your house that everyone's talking about. <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, what can Fletcher do right now to get you interested? To me, it's literally anything. What Phil. is it for you? Phil. Phil. Just bring me Phil. I just want to see what he can do at the NHL right, level. Phil Myers. I'm obsessed with him. I, I'm still interested. Like I, I, I know it's All partially right. because it's my job, but like <laughs> to me, there's an there's enough. In terms of like what the hell is up with all of these players that I'm going to stay interested, there, in, and I'm always going to have fun. I'm always going to find stuff that. I can write about. It is funny to me. Like people are like, "How do you do it?" And I'm like, "Guys, I talk about hockey. It's not like I don't know how you do it. Going to an office, bro. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like somebody, it somebody, is still somebody hockey. That, yeah, somebody wrong. made that comment on my article. They were like, you know, this your job must really suck now. I'm like, I get paid to watch hockey. It's, yeah. it's, it's not too bad. I had a great yeah. time watching the Sharks <laughs> last night. I'll be honest with you, it was a lot of fun. All right, the Stadium Series jerseys. We talked about the All Star jerseys oh. before the show started. The All Star jerseys to me are a joke. The Stadium yeah. Series jerseys. Do you Hot like take. It? I fucking love them, oh, fam. Oh, God. William. First of all, I wanted them to be the Quakers jerseys, and they're close enough. They're I wanted more literally stripes. Literally not at all close. They're, it's the same. They're orange, orange and, and black. black. The color yeah. is very They're different. orange and black. Two, two, they look ridiculous, and I want to lean into okay. ridiculous. Okay. I'm, I hope that I can respect. I want orange shells, orange socks, orange gloves, orange helmets. I color look, rush. I want to yeah. look as silly as humanly yeah, possible. I mean, this is the guy who, what, every single outdoor game you've worn the orange. Yes, yeah, exactly. I so. want them to look dumber than me for once. Like, I mean, I'm gonna, that might be tough, but they'll get I, close. I'm going to be wearing an orange tuxedo, so so too should be the team. The only, I don't I don't like when they fuck with the logo. 
I love our logo. It's See, perfect. Our logo is perfect, and that to me is it's not cursive flyers across the front. They still stayed true to big flying P crest, but made it different from every because the Flyers have one jersey. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yes. They're home and aways. Yeah, they've had, you know, Slight generational changes yeah. and they've had some alternates that are different. But let's be honest, the Flyers have had one kit, you know, the home yeah. and away. At least this is different. And the Flyers have two colors, orange and black. These jerseys are orange and black. They are, in fact, that. Well, you knew... The one thing is that you and knew... And I love the hats. You knew they were gonna. it was going to be orange dominant because when they played in Pittsburgh, it was it was black dominant. Yeah. So you knew the jersey was going to be orange. I, I don't... I'm ambivalent. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't particularly like the jersey, but I don't particularly care that much either. The thing that cracked me up was I see literally everyone in my timeline savaging the thing. And then, and then Bill Matt's yeah. like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, Bill, I love you, man. Was, like, that's just the best. I was first so Bill Matt. These <laughs> jerseys true. are going to go the way of Gritty. <laughs> Everyone's going to shit on him. And then someone outside of Philadelphia is going to go, yo, this is fucking stupid. And <laughs> all of Philadelphia will rally behind it, just like our messed up Muppet fucking mascot that you everyone now loves. <laughs> that on minute one, everyone shit all over. God, imagine how bad life would be without Gritty right now. Oh It'd be pretty God. bad. It'd oh be my so God. bad. Did, yeah, we got to reference him with the bird box. And I, I love how like, there were a couple think piece articles from out of towners <laughs> yeah. after the bird box. And they were like, has Gritty jumped the shark? He did that stupid bird box. And it's like, look, it literally didn't matter. Mascots have jumped the shark. No, that's, that's the joke. No, but yeah. like, there was nothing that Gritty could have done to jump the shark when part of the bird box thing was referencing the Eagles winning a game. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't care. Like, you could literally say anything in the two or three days after. For that Eagles win, and if you just concluded your sentence with "Go Birds," it would have been like, "Yeah, it's fine, Go Birds." No, did yeah. you see the video of the dude getting arrested? And then no. he, they, it's he's like he broke into like a guitar shop or something, and stole a bunch of shit, and gets arrested. And like he's being brought in in cuffs, like it's the perp walk. Yeah, and a, uh, like a reporter with a microphone just goes, "Do you have anything to say?" He just goes, "Go Birds." <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> and I was like. I'm bailing him out. <laughs> I don't give a shit what he did. I'm bailing him out. That's awesome. And that's just the way it's going to... That's I when this love ends, us at the end of the day. When this ends, it's going to be real tough for this team. Because when the, the they got all their shit out of the way last year and then went on a nice little run after yeah. the Eagles thing ended. That's a good point. And now... Oh, man, when the Eagles end, it's going to be tough for this team. Yeah, everyone's like, going to be very angry. You know, the Phillies just got to be sitting there like... Wow! Yeah, let's just wait till the Eagles are done, and then we'll get our guys. Like Bryce, at, just wait a day. At least the Sixers are good. Like at least there's Look that. At Taylor. Imagine, just imagine if the head. Sixers were bad. <laughs> just Taylor, or, or or even worse, mediocre. <laughs> that then the Flyers they just lost really to the screwed. Wiz, right, Taylor? Yeah, because they played them the other night too, so yeah. they just traded off of yeah. that. So they, they they basically didn't play the last two games. That's okay. Yay, well, so I think we killed enough time. It is now ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that was good improv at the Thanks end. Thanks again gang. for listening, everyone. Yeah, Thanks for sticking with us. We're trying. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Because yo, if you didn't care, I'd have to find a job, and that would blow. We can't have that. Yeah, no one can have me in in a place of work. Um, <laughs> Steph wasn't with us this week. I assume she'll be back, or someone will be in her place next week for Charlie, for Kelly, for Taylor behind the glass. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name's Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Go Birds. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! Protein Hockey Radio! Turn the chain up, you motherfucker!
Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.